0: You know, with the uh, invention of the Food Network on television, there has been sort of an explosion of cake decorating shows and competitions on TV. And it's created a whole different world when it comes to cake decorating. Um, And you see it on display in Las Vegas at the bakery show.
1: Definitely. What I always get upset, you always tell me. They can't hear you when I'm yelling at the TV, but um,
0: <laughs> you're starting to get a little bit like your dad when it comes to the TV. I Have no idea what
1: you're talking about.
0: <laughs> but you're oh, even the radio. We can't listen to a podcast in the car anymore without you talking back to it.
1: Well, my point. You was, even try
0: to talk back to our own podcast.
1: <laughs> well, you think at least we would listen to ourselves. <laughs> Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Check podcast. This is season two, episode seven. We're calling this one Vegas.
0: So we're going to go back in time a little bit this week and uh, talk about visiting Las Vegas. So uh, welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat podcast. Uh, You heard my husband, Bill, and my name is Winnie, and we are the owners of... um, Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. Um, The way we like to do our podcast is we will post nine photos to our Instagram account, which is Quiet Shutter Photo. And we will talk about those uh, pictures, what went into the picture, what was the story behind the picture, or whatever comes up. Um, And today we're going to revisit a couple of trips that we took several years ago to Las Vegas trying to remember how many years apart were those we w- we've been to vegas twice
1: like three years in between three or four years maybe
0: and the reason that we went to las vegas ever was because uh you were sent there for work to go to a large bakery convention that happens every year in las vegas
1: right international bakers conference
0: yeah, what is it? IBIE or something? The yeah. International Bakers something something. Yeah, so we had never been to Vegas the um, before the first time we went, and I it was not even on our radar. I don't think was it on your radar, Bill?
1: No, no, we're not much into gambling at all, so we were uh, always kind of gun shy. But what we discovered while we were there is that um, there's a whole lot to do outside of the city of Las Vegas, so.
0: Um, yeah, I, I, in trying to find an inspirational quote or some kind of a quote to start our um, podcast off today, one of the quotes I found was something to the effect of, um, "Las Vegas is how you would expect heaven to look at night." <laughs> <laughs> Can you believe that? <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to use it for our official start of our podcast because I thought, yeah, sure. If heaven had, you know, billboards for prostitutes and walk this way, yeah, you know, homeless people trying to sell bottled water under the overpasses to make a living. And, um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, what would you say? A lot of. Under underworld to las vegas
1: especially at night yeah
0: yeah i mean well that said the next thought i had was do you remember the time we were in las vegas and we always the both times we went there we stayed on the strip which is the newer area of town but people really told us we needed to go to old town las vegas yeah
1: gotta go to old town you are there
0: yeah everything's better in old town Well, we made the mistake of going to Old Town during the daylight hours.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that you should be experiencing in the very dark, dark of night. Yeah,
0: maybe that's what they mean. You know, Las Vegas at night. Don't look at it during the daytime when the sun is out. It's
1: pretty grubby.
0: Pretty grubby. Yeah, it's pretty grubby. So the first time that we went to Las Vegas, um, we stayed at uh, the casino and hotel called Treasure Island. All the hotels have themes and that one has a pirate theme.
1: Yes, it does.
0: I mean, it was, the room was good. We were up quite high. So we had a big view of the, of the Las Vegas strip.
1: Yeah, we did. We were on like the 30th floor or some goofy thing.
0: But the hotel, do you remember when you walked into that hotel? And of course, every hotel you go into in Las Vegas, you have to walk through the casino to get, to your room or get anywhere,
1: yeah. And it was, it was weird. And I, I think all the hotels were somewhat. We noticed after a while, but this particular hotel had this. They called it their signature scent.
0: Yeah, it and strong. it was this
1: smell that when you walk through the open doors, I think it was to cover up the smell of cigarette smoke more. Well, than you know, anything, I think but- that
0: most of the modern hotels and casinos have pretty good. Um air filtration systems. And I don't recall until we went to Old Town. I don't recall c- cigarette smoke bothering me. Right. But yeah, the Treasure Island had a potent signature scent, some kind of mix of lavender and
1: I wouldn't even give it credit of lavender. Sage and- <laughs> it was it was a bad potpourri of something. It
0: just hit you in the face. Thank goodness when you got to your room. It, you know, you didn't, you didn't smell it so much anymore. Yeah. It did kind of cling to you, but. Yeah. But we were, well, I should speak for myself. I was overwhelmed the first time we got to Las Vegas.
1: There's a lot to take in.
0: There's a lot to take in. And do you remember it was difficult to get there? That, that first trip was yeah. the, the trip that we started out on an airplane in Flint, Flint, Michigan.
1: And 24 hours later, we were in Detroit, Michigan.
0: <laughs> yeah. Our flight took off at normal. It was supposed to be a straight flight, wasn't it?
1: Oh, no, no, no. no, We were supposed to go from Detroit to Atlanta to LA.
0: And we got to Atlanta and there was bad weather and they couldn't land.
1: Yeah. I said to you when we were, we were like, I said to you when we were still in the plane in the air, I was like, we're circling a lot. This is not good.
0: Yeah. So we ended up landing in Huntsville, Alabama.
1: Huntsville, Alabama,
0: where we ended up having to spend the night and rearrange flights. And you have to kind of do that all on your own.
1: Yeah, I never even never even dawned on me that they would actually cancel your flights and say, well, folks, figure it out. You're going to (laughs) have to get a hold of an agent and reschedule your flight. Yeah. And in (laughs) the process, they canceled their hotel reservation in Las Vegas. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. And we
0: were not at that point in time. Nor are we now really seasoned travelers.
1: No, we like to fly and stuff, but we haven't, you know, we haven't, we haven't spent- done it a lot,
0: especially up to that point. We hadn't done it a right, lot. Right. Yeah. So, we've
1: actually flown quite a bit since then. But.
0: Yeah. So the only way to get to Las Vegas was to take a flight from Huntsville, Alabama, back to Detroit, and then from Detroit, a straight shot to Las Vegas. So it was, we were traveling for over 24 hours.
1: Yeah, it was a little crazy.
0: It was crazy. So by the time we got to Las Vegas, we were already a little bit in a mood. <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah. And Las Vegas, as probably most of you know, goes 24 hours a day. There's, um, They say you can read a newspaper on the strip in the middle of the night. And that, I'm sure you can. And there are just people everywhere and everything you can imagine going on. So... Las Vegas is um, a sensory overload.
1: (laughs) Yeah. People that have uh, sensory problems really would have a hard time with Las Vegas. Right. You can get overwhelmed with stimuli in a hurry.
0: Right. So we were there to go to a bakery convention. And now normally going to those food shows or food conventions, food fairs, whatever you call them, is not my cup of tea. But a, a bakery show in Las Vegas, now that sounds interesting. So I was your, uh, your uh, personal assistant. Right. <laughs> and um, so if we should go to our first picture here, okay. I don't have too many pictures of the actual food show, the bakery convention, I should say. Right. But this is one of them. So why don't you talk about this picture, Bill?
1: Well this is a picture of a, a um, wedding cake display. Um, this convention or actually it was called the International Bakery um, Institute Expo. Okay, and it there was was it was an expo of anything you can think of bakery. They had going on and, and the this, Las
0: Vegas Convention Center is huge. Yeah. It, I know that there's yeah. lots of different conventions that happen over the year. There's always an electronics convention and
1: oh there's a convention every week. Like every week or every two weeks they switch it over and it's uh yeah. And the 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 hall is I believe it's
0: it's a ginormous place. I think
1: they seems like someone told me at one time it's like sixteen football fields put together. It's huge. It's um
0: and the bakery convention, I think they can divide the convention center up into several different spaces. But for the bakery convention, they pretty much use the entire space.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this cake was one of the, um, they sometimes will have competitions going on. This was at one of the vendors' booths. They were just doing displays on uh, sugar flowers. Um,
0: Everything in Las Vegas is overdone. Yes. Done to the, extravagant limits and this cake at this at the bakery convention is one of those it it doesn't look like it's necessarily a wedding cake but it's the shape of a wedding cake one two three four tiers some of the tiers are separated with columns and it's all gold with lots of sugar flowers and whatnot on it just over the top everything is over the top
1: yeah now i'm looking at the one of the little in behind the cake there's a little pile of uh those are pails of fondant so those are probably it was probably a fondant of
0: course you would notice the supplies in the background
1: (laughs) yeah it was probably a fondant um company that was making flowers and stuff for the for the displays
0: in this picture if you get it when you get a chance to look at our pictures on our instagram um bill is in the picture i probably made him step into that picture so you could get scale. Of how big the cake is compared to how big a human being is.
1: This cake was over eight feet tall. It was huge. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these companies will have people who do these kinds of cakes and stuff just for for these for these conventions and stuff. Just just over the top, crazy eye stoppers to get you to stop and look at your their booth, you know, kind of stuff. Is what
0: you're saying Bill is that don't expect this in reality cuz I'm not making you a gold cake. That's... Don't
1: ask me to do this one.
0: <laughs> now Bill is a, a professional baker and also um cake decorator which is a real art form, I I would say. And um but you don't like fondant.
1: I I like it in small Things little accent and that I just don't it's more of a it's more of an art than I'm used to. I I love just using icing on cakes and stuff, but uh,
0: because then they're tasty. Yeah. I mean if you've ever eaten a cake that has fondant, now fondant is a type of frosting that's like almost like play-doh, and you roll it out and you can cover cakes with it and make it really smooth. Right. Um but it tastes usually it tastes awful. In my opinion,
1: yeah, they've come a long way with it. Late, lately, there's a few scratch recipes that are are nice. Um, I've actually made some with uh, marshmallows and stuff. That actually isn't too bad, but um, I don't prefer to use it. I don't like using it all that well. But um, I mean, for people sculpting cakes and that kind of stuff, it works. It works really well for yeah. that.
0: And in in the
1: my point was that the what they've done to the the idea of decorating cakes is, it's a whole different art form. I mean, working with the, you see on the network TVs and stuff for cake competitions. Uh, that's a whole different art form all by itself. And I mean, they always call them baking competitions and it really has nothing to do with baking. Right. Other than that's a cake that they're working with. But. Well,
0: and sometimes I hesitate, I would hesitate to even call it cake because sometimes there's dummy cakes or their cakes that are constructed around wood frames and or metal oh, frames yeah. and, and they use like it's not really something you could for. ever cut and eat right right um they go in the back room and cut up a sheet cake or something for yeah. people to <laughs> actually yeah. enjoy
1: yeah you can even you can even rent cakes that are, are nothing but a display and that's what they do is they serve the the uh, sheet cake from the back that they cut up so
0: so we've been to this um bakery convention two different times and both times we we planned to do the convention for 3 days and then we would have a day or more if we packed it in on our own dime to do some exploring and touristy things right um so as much as i because i'm not in the industry i did find the bakery conventions really really interesting you know, there was the, the demonstrations, the cake decorating competitions, and also the large equipment, the automated equipment that would make like cookies, you know, with just all on machine and conveyor belt. And um, they were fascinating, but yeah, yeah, the, they were the, also exhausting.
1: Yeah. Mass production is, uh, it's impressive for a little while and then you go, okay, I'm never doing that. Overload, so. overload. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, you actually had to work at those things and you actually had to keep track of what booth you have been to and what booths you wanted to see and what kind of orders you wanted to place and right. what kind of samples you wanted to have sent back to the store. And, you right. know, so yeah. it was, was not all fun and games, but there was some little fun moments. And if you go to the next picture, Bill.
1: Oh yeah, buddy.
0: So this is a picture of you. Do you want to talk about this one? you are very critical of all critical of all of the cake decorating shows that you will see on cable t- television but the one person that I think that you don't mind is Buddy Velasco better known as the cake boss right and I think you like him because he's a little bit old school like you are he does a lot with decorating with butter buttercream and and you know back to the basics the old hard way of doing things and
1: well he's managed to to be able to to turn some of the new ideas into his his work but he's very old school when it comes to technique and stuff that same kind of things that I learned along the way um so yeah he happened to be uh, at the show and he was kind
0: uh, of the a feature in attraction at right, the
1: show right right yeah
0: um at that time buddy velasco had another show on cable television that was a, co- a competition show kind of like the next great baker or is that what it was called yeah something like that that. and they always had young people that competed and when bill got a chance you'll see in this picture it's a picture of bill and buddy velasco the cake boss and bill said to him um so do you take old guys in your cake competition and what did he say can you
1: can you decorate can you do a A uh, buttercream rose with your eyes closed. I said, how many do you want?
0: Yeah. (laughs) You could do buttercream roses with your eyes shut.
1: Yeah, I have before.
0: And probably backwards and standing on your head, really.
1: I thought when I learned how to do it left-handed, I was probably doing pretty good. So,
0: (laughs) The other thing cool of that week was that um, this was our second time in Las Vegas. And the second time we went, we stayed in the Venetian Hotel which is uh, an Italian theme with um, man-made rivers and gondolas. And when you're there, you really feel, I think, like you're in Italy in a commercial artificial way. But um, Buddy was opening uh, an Italian restaurant in the Venetian hotel. So he had this guy's like on fire all the time, right? He's just one of those guys that probably doesn't sleep.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: has... uh, He has a million things always going at the same time. And also, if you look in this picture, if you look over Bill's left shoulder, you can see just a little bit of a girl who's got like a bun. She's wearing her hair in a bun. And that was Buddy's uh, personal personal assistant. assistant. And she was just running around like crazy. Yeah. Trying to trying to usher him. You got to go here. You got to go there. You got to get this done. We've only got 20 minutes. You got to be back at the restaurant and yada, yada, like keeping him on track. and
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a busy man that day. I felt kind of fortunate to be able to get a picture with him. And we ended up going to their their uh, restaurant for opening night. And that was pretty exciting. The,
0: it was really good. Yeah, the food the was food amazing. Was really I think incredible. I ruined
1: his shirt with the butter dripping off of Oh my God, of my both food, of us were
0: just like, yeah. yeah we were just it, <laughs> it was so good
1: we need to get back there and check out the food again
0: we rolled out of the restaurant back to our room because we were just so full yeah um yeah you don't go to italian restaurant and not, that buddy velasco opens and not order dessert after eating a big heavy italian meal and right we we're it was terrible i felt so <laughs> <laughs> but um all of buddy's family were also there working in the kitchen and and Doing different jobs in the restaurant, all of the people that you normally see on his television program. So that was cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. His uh, his mother's passed away now, but at the time she was still alive, and they a lot of the the um, food and stuff in the restaurant were all old family recipes and yeah, stuff, and it yeah. was it was pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that was that was very cool. The
1: restaurant uh, menu had pictures of all their family growing up, little the family picnics and all that kind of stuff that were little snapshots of their family. And I thought that was really cool. Do you
0: remember what you ate? Some, no,
1: some kind of a, a hand rolled pasta that was just dripping in butter. It was really good. I,
0: I remember what I had for dessert. A
1: lobster tail.
0: You had a lobster tail, which is like a puff pastry that looks like a, a, a cornucopia. Yeah. And it's filled with some kind of Italian buttercream yeah. and fruit and
1: yeah, it was really good,
0: and I had cannolis. Yeah, generally, I'm not a fan of cannolis. I find the pastry too hard, the filling too much. When you bite into it, it squeezes out all over you and everywhere. But um, the cannoli, his cannolis were delicious.
1: Yeah, apparently, there's a good way to make cannoli and a nasty way to make a yeah. cannoli, and we had the good ones.
0: Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So this next picture, Bill, is.
1: This is a picture uh, I took of you. Um, I'm down below you. You're on a set of stairs and the ceiling. Do you remember what hotel was this? Yeah, in the this Venetian? is in
0: the Venetian. Yeah, this
1: is the ceiling of uh, one of the floors in there. And uh, it's just.
0: Yeah, it's highly crazy- gilded with gold and paintings. Um, the whole ceiling was, you know, meant to look like maybe like the Sistine Chapel or.
1: Yeah, that kind of vibe anyway. Yeah, it. Again, over the top or over the
0: top. I mean, part of my brain when I was when I've been in Vegas says this is disgusting. Maybe the major <laughs> part of my brain says this is disgusting. The amount of money that is spent on the hotels and the I think I took pictures in every bathroom I used while we were in Vegas because the bathrooms were incredibly decorated. They were gorgeous. Yeah. The
1: money's in money and decoration and just over the top staging is just over the top,
0: just chandeliers, the size of our car. Oh yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and and there'd be, you know, a hallway that would have 25 chandeliers down the hallway. Right. Right. I, I just, it's just, it's so over the top. I mean, in a way, it's like, wow, it's spectacular. It's beautiful. Your eyes can't, you know, not stop looking around. But on the other hand, it's like, wow, <laughs> it's yeah. the money. And, and you know, they s- say that uh, when you when you go to Vegas, no, how'd that saying go? In Vegas, money really does talk. And what it says is goodbye.
1: <laughs> yeah. Been nice knowing you.
0: I got I forgot to tell you the quote that I actually did pick for today. What's that? And it's a quote from Hunter S. Thompson. Now, Hunter S. Thompson uh, wrote for Rolling Stone. He was also a writer. He also lived a really wild life. He was crazy. And um, the quote that Hunter, Hunter S. Thompson says about Las Vegas is, a little bit of this town goes a very long way. So that tells you something. And that's for a wild guy. <laughs> that's for when a wild guy says a little <laughs> bit of this town goes a long way. That's kind of how I feel about Vegas.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you know, I'd be content with one night in Vegas, see a nice show, eat in a good restaurant, and then get a rental car and put it in your rear view mirror.
1: That's the way. Yeah, I guess that's the way I feel about it. And I do like, I, mean, like I really think that Las Vegas is a great place to fly to and then like you say, take in a show. The stage shows there are incredible. The food there is incredible. It's not cheap like it used to be. But um, yeah, and then get the heck out of town for a few days. It's
0: not a place to bring children. No. Um, We did see families there in the airport coming and going. And I remember when we were leaving, um, I'm not sure which trip, but there was a young couple with a baby that were in line to get on, go through security behind us. And they looked so frazzled. Um, you know, they had to have, first of all, a pack and play and a stroller. And they just looked miserable. And and I must have been checking them out because the husband said to me, I don't know why we ever thought this would be a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but w- do you remember the, the trip we went and we went to see the Lion King, the stage show? Yes. Do you remember remember what casino that was in?
1: don't that was in the paris i don't No, it wasn't in the
0: paris it was like down by the excalibur or i know it was on the way end of far end of the strip from where we were staying but um the stage play is amazing yes and i thought well i guess if you had a family and you brought them to see the lion king that would be a family activity but when you get done with the show and you leave you have to exit out through the casino Right. And the first thing we saw when we left the theater was a go-go dancer on the roulette table that was pretty much. She was showing her tassels. She was showing her tassels.
1: Yes, ma'am. And I
0: thought, nope, nope, this is not a place for children. This nope. is not a place don't for families. I don't want to explain nope. that
1: one to the kids.
0: Hey, <laughs> mom, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's go to the next picture. Alrighty. This is another example of how over the top Las Vegas is.
1: Yeah, this is outside of the Venetian. They actually do have this canal. It's it's all man-made, you know. Um, but in this picture, you can see a man in a gondola boat and there's three ladies taking a ride through the canals like you would see in, is it Venice? That Venice, is? yes, yeah. in Italy. I mean, We've yeah. never been there. Right.
0: But I don't think that the canals in Venice look nearly as clear and blue as the water does at the Venetian Seems Hotel. Seems like we
1: saw somebody taking pictures there, and they said, "Smells better than Venice."
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, the the um, the Venetian and the Palazzo, I believe, is the hotel that's right next to it. Are both very Italian
0: themes, and uh, yeah, they're just over the top. Over the top. I mean, we enjoyed seeing them, but yep. it is just—I can't even imagine what.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I would tell people you should see it once. Yeah. Uh, but then a little, a little, a little bit goes a long ways. I think
0: I, maybe I would say if you're going to go to Vegas and you're not necessarily someone who likes to party your life away or um, gamble um, that do your research because there are things in Las Vegas that are worthy of, of taking your time to see. But I think you kind of have to seek out the best of the best for yeah. you for what's yeah. best for you right and right. um uh, we enjoyed we walked up and down the strip and went into every single casino just to see what they look like um there's a casino again i don't remember which one that has do you remember the statues in the middle of the casino it's a man and a woman
1: oh yeah yeah um what is that one yeah it's was- there's a statue it's, of man and a woman, and it says Winnie and Bill.
0: It's Winnie and Bill. Yep. Get it? Winnie because you're winning and Bill because yep. a dollar, dollar Bill. Bill. Yep. Yep. So we were memorialized in paper mache in Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> but yeah. um
0: so, anyways, good restaurants, very good restaurants. Um, really good, well, entertaining shows. Um we off- saw
1: some, we've seen half a dozen shows there that we really like yeah
0: we really enjoyed I think everything we've seen when we've been in Vegas we've really enjoyed um they also have lots of musicians who spend a little bit of time you know either a one-off concert in Vegas or sometimes they do a stint in Vegas for a period of time so
1: yeah and some of the hotels will have live music going on all the time too sure so. there's
0: lots of free entertainment yeah generally it's close to the casino because they're trying Imagine to that. loosen you up
1: yeah <laughs> yep so let's go to our next picture here
0: okay ah i'm not sure if you'll know what this is
1: it's the ceiling of one of the hotels we were in but
0: this is in um the bellagio hotel Bellagio. and this is a gigantic installment of chihuly glass so chihuly Dale Chihuly is an American glass um, sculptor. He does blown glass and is pretty famous for like big installation art, blown glass art projects. And um, I didn't, I knew about Chihuly art, uh, Chihuly glass before we were in Vegas, but I didn't really know that much about it. I have read and learned a little more about Chihuly glass since then. Um, you can follow Chihuly Glass on Instagram. It's kind of interesting. Um but this is a really large installation in the ceiling and it's lit backlit behind it or maybe there's a skylight even. Seems like there I'm was thinking. a
1: skylight that it was Yeah. Yeah.
0: Seems it's this just was, really
1: beautiful. This was natural light coming in. Yeah.
0: Really beautiful and really impressive. Um the Bellagio has a lot of different things like this, artwork and um, this is the kind of th- thing I'm saying. Do a little research and find those unique little things that you can see in Las Vegas that you might not normally get an opportunity to see.
1: Bellagio also has a top-notch, world-famous chocolate factory.
0: The chocolate fountain that goes like three stories or something. Yeah. Also, we wanted to go to a um, a famous Las Vegas buffet. Boy. Interesting how that just doesn't even appeal to me now in the nope, after living through a buffets. pandemic. <laughs> I'm not into a buffet ever again. No, thank you. But um we did we talked to a lot of people and we found out that the Bellagio has a fantastic buffet. Um, and that if you go at the very tail end of the lunch hour, you can pay the lunch fee. And yet they're turning over the buffet for the evening meal. And so you can get the the more elaborate dinner offerings. Right. So we timed it just right. And, I, you know, I th- they make money on me in a buffet. They make
1: I, money on everybody in a buffet. Maybe if
0: you were to look at me, you might think, well, I bet she could really eat. But I really can't. I You know, I had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I wanted to save room for a little bit of dessert offerings and i was i was disappointed i was full way before i was done trying everything
1: yeah yeah i mean we did try a bunch of different little things mostly on a dessert menu but um
0: i think the way to do a las vegas buffet is to to be careful and to just take bite size yeah you know portions of whatever you want to try right. you can always go back and get more right But don't take like a full serving of any one item because you'll be full. You'll be
1: done. And then you'll feel bad about it.
0: Well, you feel (laughs) who doesn't feel bad after a buffet? Yeah. Well, maybe I saw some people there. Yeah, there's a few. (laughs) Yeah, there were some people who they were getting their money's worth on the buffet. That's for sure.
1: They thought they were. Yeah.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. But yeah, the Bellagio was a beautiful hotel to walk through and see. buffet
1: eating should not be a uh, life school.
0: Or a sporting event. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, the the Bellagio was fantastic.
0: Yeah. I think if we're, well, I don't know. It's probably very expensive to stay there. I was going to say, if we go back, I wouldn't mind staying there. But then again, you know, if we ever go back, it'll be either get in the airport and get a rental car from the airport and head out or one night in Vegas on the way back or something. But
1: yeah. Yeah. Like we've said, you know, like we've said doing something for one evening or something is is certainly worth doing. It's just that there's so much more to do in Las Vegas area than to just be in Las Vegas. Yeah. It's
0: a good jumping off point. Yeah. So that takes us right into our next picture. So before we get started, a word about Ted Cruz.
1: Ted Cruz.
0: Yeah. Ted Cruz tried to ruin our, our trip. Do you remember well, that, that? was the
1: beginning of what's calling him. Let's it, just say it. He was.
0: No, don't say it, okay. but no, we don't like Ted Cruz. <laughs> so the second time we went to Vegas, we actually worked in three extra days at the end of the convention time. Um, Again, on our own dime for the extra time. But we had it fully intended to rent a car and drive from Las Vegas to Zion National Park and Bryce Canyon. We'd never been to either one of those parks, and they are within driving distance of Las Vegas. A lot of people do that. Yep. And uh, so as we were getting ready for our trip, there was a lot of drama happening in the government, and it was time for them to. Boy, I I try really hard not to follow politics too closely, but um, when they need to um, vote on the budget and approve the budget and sometimes they have to extend the debt.
1: Yeah, they about every six months or so, we have to they have to vote to extend the debt on the national budget. So that's always usually it's just like, yep, okay, let's keep going.
0: And Ted Cruz was making a stand. Yeah. He was going to filibuster. Is that the right word?
1: I don't know what he was doing. No, filibuster would have been over and done with, but he was just. He
0: shut down the government anyways. Pretty much single handedly. He shut down the government. And uh, and, you know, in the past, this has happened over history. And generally speaking, for me, it doesn't affect my life. But this particular trip really opened up our eyes as to how much that screws with people's lives to shut down the government because, um, the, um, what do you call the, the people who work in the airports, the
1: TSA, officers. the
0: TSA officers are paid for by the government. So they still had to work, but they weren't being paid. And even their health insurance was suspended for the period of time while the government was shut down. Yep. Um, in Las Vegas, uh, a lot of, uh, businesses depend on the travel to the Grand Canyon or the Hoover Dam. They have, they sell bus tours and helicopter trips and all of that kind of thing. And all of that was shut down. Yep. Because all of the national parks were shut down. So, yeah. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Ted. Yeah. So us renting a car and going to the national parks was of no use because all of the parks were shut down. Even Lake Powell was shut down. People just could not, you know, I think you could get a helicopter and fly over the Grand Canyon.
1: Yeah. People were doing that, but.
0: If you had the money. Yeah, it was really expensive. Yeah, Yeah, there was, all of that was not even a possibility. So here we are, three extra days in Las Vegas that we, you know, we've gone to a show, we've eaten out, we've done what we wanted to do in Vegas, and so. We did manage to hunt down and find um, a little excursion to uh, Valley of Fire State Park, which we knew nothing about before we were there. And um, we did a pink Jeep tour instead of renting a car and driving ourselves. And it was actually pretty fun, It was a fun
1: day. It was really, I would do it again.
0: I would, I think I would rent a car and do it ourselves next time. Yeah.
1: There was a few soup. Few places that we were there it was like, oh, I want to go down there, but the tour guide was trying to stay on task, and you know right. how it is when you're on your own, you can do so. He was a more. great
0: tour guide. He gave oh, us yeah. a lot of back information and history and stuff that yep. we would not have known. Yep. Um, but Valley of Fire has a lot of that red rock and just um hoodoos and cactus, and um, it was. It was fascinating, and yeah. we've never seen that kind of yeah. stuff before. A that. lot
1: of painted rock. Well, I think what they call mesa of uh, that color, that orangish red color. Yeah.
0: So the first picture I have here of and this is a picture of Bill, kind of sitting inside of a little cave.
1: Yeah, it was actually it, it was a little hollowed out cave. Um, you can't see it in this picture, but um, it actually was a window through the sand. That's actually all that stuff is
0: actually um, sandstone. Um, but Yeah, and it gets like the hoodoos and whatnot. They get their shape from just erosion. hundreds and hundreds of years of wind blowing and slowly yeah. eroding away the wind rock and, water. and changing it. Yeah, wind um, and water.
1: Yeah, this was a little dugout that you can't see it in this picture, but there was actually a window through the rock that was looking out onto the valley that was full of these structures. And I was taking a couple pictures up there.
0: Yeah. so. Um, then we can go to the next picture also in the valley of fire and this is a picture bill took of me and you can see the red rock in the background and there's a little stone made structure which looks like it's ancient like the incas or somebody should have built it but they're actually not that old i think they were built in the 30s when um when car travel was relatively new to the common person. Does that sound right? Do I have the dates right?
1: Yeah, it was in the, I believe it was in the mid thirties.
0: And so they, they created these little structures for if people were touring and they needed to let their car cool down and they needed a place shaded to, to spend a little time, have a little picnic or something. These little, would you call them Adobe structures? That's probably not Adobe, but. Anyways, yeah.
1: I, I thought of them as adobe, but I don't think it really is. I think it's just yeah, some of the structure. sandstone that's been cut into almost but looking They look like,
0: ancient. They were just yeah. fun. And it's nice yeah. how they just fit right in with the rock and
1: right. Yeah. Back in the day the well, it was basically, if I remember the story right, was to be able to get out of the sun if your right. car overheated or whatever. Because right. Right. it gets really, really hot out there.
0: Right. Um. One thing you can see in these pictures that we would do differently today, both on going back to the picture of you, Bill, and then back then forward to the picture of me, we were wearing sandals.
1: Yeah. Not a good thing where there's ground cactus.
0: Yeah. There's cactus and there's, you know, rough terrain and there's
1: scorpions. I mean,
0: we're kind of, well, at least my (laughs) sandals were, yeah, probably scorpions. My sandals were uh, maybe a little more than flip-flops but yours are kind of flip-flops
1: mine were flip-flops
0: um nowadays i think we'd wear a nice pair of hiking shoes yeah yeah be a little bit safer and a little more prepared but um we had a really fun day in the valley of fire taking pictures and running around yeah um
1: probably not wearing black is probably not a good idea you
0: know it was like end of september when we were there
1: yeah it was only 95
0: I don't know. I have a I have a jacket, a sweatshirt jacket on that's black in the picture here of me, um, and I don't recall being sweaty. Hmm. I think the desert is weird like that, though. Like it is early in the morning, late in the day, like it can be really hot during the day, but as the sun goes down, it can turn around and be really cold too. Yeah,
1: there's there's huge temperature swings in the yeah. desert. Yeah.
0: Do you remember also, so on a pink Jeep tour, the Jeeps are sort of extended Jeeps. So there was probably four couples, three couples. So six people and the driver. Yeah. And um, they pack you lunch. Yep. And we really threw them for a loop because when we signed up, we said we wanted a vegetarian lunch. Yeah. So I can't remember what we got. We got like, I don't know.
1: (laughs) We got a lot of apples.
0: Yeah. We had a sandwich, but the sandwich was like. Some kind of greens.
1: Yeah, it was like bean sprouts and bean sprouts, tomatoes, or some goofy thing
0: and tomatoes. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: but I don't remember really being that hungry. I remember I was more interested in getting pictures of the ground squirrels and the
1: yeah, and they had lots of water and stuff that was drink as much as that as you want. And they encourage you to drink, so yeah, so you didn't get dehydrated.
0: Yeah, I think you know it's probably a good thing we took an organized tour, you know, because. At that point in time, we were pretty un- uneducated about the desert. And
1: yeah, we could have probably got ourselves in trouble not not knowing what to expect and w-
0: yeah, not taking, you know, in Michigan we don't think about taking water with you everywhere you go.
1: No, and it really is a big thing. Yeah, it is in it is in mountains and it is in a desert. for Right. Sure.
0: Yeah, we have learned since then that when you're in elevation, when you're in the desert, you best bring. In pretty good jug of water with you because you can dehydrate yep. pretty easily
1: yep it's a thing it's a thing so let's go to our next picture
0: all right so this next picture is that in the valley of fire there is also um pic- would they be pictographs or um
1: i always make it there's two names pictographs hier- and hier- hieroglyphs I one
0: of them is carved in one of them is painted on
1: yeah, I think and the, this
0: is the carved in yeah. ancient carvings in the rock. Yeah. Which was pretty fascinating. And you had to climb. Do you remember that? You had to climb a um there was a metal staircase and platform to yep. be able to view the
1: Yep. And apparently somebody named Johnny got up there I and know. scratched his name in it too at some point. I know just to this defaced things.
0: Irritates me. So yeah. you've got this ancient um hieroglyphs in the rock and you know it's always i am fascinated by these and i'm always trying to figure out how are you supposed to read this from the top to the bottom from the left to the right from the right to the left like it's telling a story very clearly there's a it is but there's an interesting story that's happened here but what is it i don't know and was it intended to be a story or what was it really graffiti back in you know in the day that they were just bored and they, I don't know, but it's you know it's needs to be preserved and needs to be respected. But as Bill alluded to, if you get a chance to look at this picture and you get it, and you can zoom in a little bit on the bottom, you can see where some idiot
1: tried <laughs> to scratch, tried to name scratch or their name and probably use the keys yeah.
0: of their car. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah,
0: and tried to. I'm going to see what else that says, Johnny. Says Johnny is an idiot. Mm. No, <laughs> something, somebody's initials, I, somebody's name. There's two or three. There's different Johnny. Names. There's Joe. There's maybe Maria.
1: Yeah. Stop I want to know the drawing at the very top. There's a long thin line with. Yeah. Is that a cattail? Is that a pickle on a stick? What <laughs> is it?
0: The the line underneath. There's like a creature. And then yep. there's a line and has a circle on the end. Yeah. I think that's a marshmallow on a stick.
1: Well, then the next line. Oh, the goes, next the line. line I didn't even notice it. That it does initially look, thought cattail. What's that got to do with thing? And then I it thought does look like it could be a pickle tail. on a stick, could be a hot dog. Maybe it's the first.
0: Oh, dog. so there's a marshmallow on a stick and then a hot dog. It's a camping
1: on a stick. theme. That's what it is.
0: All right. Then going down underneath that, there's a creature, somebody doing weightlifting. And what's that? Cigar. Okay, it looks phallic or something.
1: There's there's a ladder that goes up to it. So There's a ladder. Who knows what that might be.
0: There's a a wiggly path.
1: A Couple of people with uh is that smoke coming off of <laughs> their monsters?
0: Look to the to the <laughs> right. There's looks like a hand that's yeah. that's got a circle around it or an uneven circle around that's it. That's a balloon. Does that look like the hand is giving you the finger?
1: That's the second finger. It's not the third.
0: Oh, well maybe that's how they used to swear.
1: That's the E.T.'s finger.
0: E.T. Well, it does look sort of alien, the drawing. Yeah, Yeah. Crazy.
1: It is crazy. Yeah.
0: So we enjoyed the Valley of Fire. I want to go back there someday. I want to drive ourselves so we can take more time to take pictures and not have to worry about holding everybody up.
1: Yeah. And we've discovered in, um, recent times that you from Vegas, you can drive to several of the national parks within two or three hours. It's pretty Uh, a lot uh, of the national parks. Yeah. Because often you can
0: get a cheap flight to Vegas. Yeah. And, um, I think, yeah, we should probably keep our eyes on that all the time because hopefully, you know, our luck would hold out and Ted Cruz couldn't shut the government down. That couldn't possibly happen to us a second time. (laughs) Fly into Vegas, get a car, drive to Zion and Bryce Canyon and wherever else we wanted to go. There's you can do lots that in a see. long weekend,
1: actually. Yeah.
0: Aren't you crazy? So, um, so we're done talking about Vegas. And we promised that in season two of our podcast, we would end every episode with um, some good news, a feel-good story, something uplifting. And uh, so the good news right now is, if you go to our next picture. Girl Scout cookies. It's Girl Scout cookie season. (laughs) So um, I'm going to see if I can find the little article that I read. Okay, I'm going to bear with me. I'm going to read something just for a minute.
1: There's only one good cookie,
0: mind you. Uh, Keep that in mind. I'm going to ask you in a minute. What's your favorite? (laughs) Girl Scout shatters record by selling 32,000 boxes of cookies in one season. Wow,
1: One Girl Scout.
0: To sell tens of tens of thousands of Girl Scout cookies in two months is an incredible feat. One made even more special when it's done during a pandemic. Lily Bumpus, eight years old, made it her mission to sell as many cookies as she could this season.
1: I don't think that's her real name.
0: She wasn't able to go door to door. Or to set up a table outside of stores, but Bumpus could sell online and had a booth in the front yard of her San Bernardino, California home. She sold her freaking heart out till the day, the last day of the Girl Scout cookie season. Bumpus's mom, Trish Bauer, told the San Bernardino Sun last week. Bumpus, a cancer survivor, learned that she sold. 32,484 boxes of cookies, breaking the record for most sold in a season. About 5,000 of the boxes are being donated to pediatric cancer patients, homeless individuals, and soldiers serving overseas. It feels like the world believes in me, and it feels really good, Bumpus told the Sun Sun Times. So, Girl Scout cookie season. Yes, ma'am. When we were at our daughter and son-in-law's um, in February, it was just the beginning of Girl Scout cookie season. And both of them were so stoked that you could buy the cookies. You could order them online this year. That's never been the thing. But because it's a pandemic, they, the Girl Scouts had to pivot. And it sounds like it was probably pretty successful. What's your favorite Girl Scout cookie, Bill?
1: Thin mints. Thin mints. Did I
0: mention thin mints? Hold on. Thin mints. Yeah, I think thin mints are probably my favorite too. I could eat a whole box of them.
1: Yeah, they're dangerous.
0: They're really not, there's not that many in a box.
1: It's only it says only nine ounces on the box. So
0: yeah, if you look at my picture of the Girl Scout cookie boxes on our Instagram, um, the thin mint box is the smallest of all of them.
1: Shocker. It's the best. So you gotta buy more. It's right. a ploy.
0: I kind of like the Samoas too, but don't they have, they have a little coconut in them. Always get stuck in your teeth.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So yesterday you and I have not bought any Girl Scout cookies this year. And since we were at Lauren and Cole's house, I actually forgot all about them. And then we were driving to town the other day and we were driving on Camp Daggett road, which is a really hilly road, really up and down, up and down not the best road for just pulling over on the side of the road.
1: Nope.
0: And I, in the, at the last second, as we were ascending and descending one of the Hills, I noticed some girls that looked to be about middle school age that had a table set up at the end of their driveway. And as we sped by them, I said to Bill, what are those girls selling? they had like a lemonade stand set up. And now in my mind's eye, after reading the article about the girl scout, I realized they were selling Girl Scout cookies. Dang it.
1: Guess what we're doing when this is over.
0: We've got to go for a ride and see if those Girl Scouts are still at the end of their driveway.
1: They're probably sold out.
0: (laughs) So that's our good news for this week. If you still can find someone who's got a few boxes of Girl Scout cookies left to sell, jump on it. Yeah. Or maybe do a little research. See if you can buy some online. That's a thing this year. Apparently,
1: Miss Bumpus has run out, though.
0: (laughs) She did good. You know, they say that I don't know that the Girl Scout troop themselves actually benefit financially for the number of boxes. They earn badges, correct?
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: But I think that the point or what the Girl Scouts say is they are teaching these young women some business skills, teaching them about selling, teaching them about how to not be afraid to talk to people in the public and how to keep track of what you're doing. And, um, right. So it's all good stuff.
1: I think it's, yeah. Pushing, pushing them out of their comfort zone to do some stuff. And yeah.
0: Right. Right. I don't know what I was watching the other day, maybe a movie and somebody said in the movie, the only way, the, the way to success is to be confident. And the only way to become confident is to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And do something that you were afraid to do. You might fail. You might succeed. Either way, you're going to build some confidence.
1: I'm always impressed with people that seem. Some people are just born with confidence, and it's always like.
0: Well, sometimes there's dang. dumb. Sometimes there's dumb confidence.
1: Well, there's that.
0: I mean, when you act confident, when you and make yourself look foolish. The difference
1: you, be, difference between confident and arrogant. And flat out stupid. But there you go.
0: But confidence. I think I think the the Girl Scouts. Girl Guides where I grew up. The cookie sale is helping to teach these girls confidence. And so it's a good thing. Yep. Good thing.
1: And sometimes team building too. So
0: all of it. Yep. All of that. So well, thank you for joining us today for the Winnie and Bill chat podcast. Um, if you want to, you can check out our website, quietshutterphoto.com. Um, and if you have any questions, don't ever hesitate to get a hold of us. Before we go, I want to thank uh, Anchor Podcasting. They have a free podcasting platform that you can access online or with an app on your smartphone. Did I just say foam? Smartphone?
1: I don't know. Smartphone will expand and eat up your phone, though. Be careful <laughs> with that.
0: Also, we want to thank our son Andrew Johnston at Outdoor Andy TV on Instagram and Twitch for being our sound engineer. And we will talk to you in two weeks.
1: Yeah. Thanks for checking us out today and I hope you have a great day.